This is episode number 478 with transformational comedian Kyle Cease. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Oh, we've got a special one today because Kyle Cease is in the School of Greatness studio. That's right. If you don't know who he is, he is a transformational comedian. In addition to leading his own Evolving Out Loud live events, he has spoken with renowned teachers like Eckhart Tolle, Jim Carrey, Michael Beckwith, Louis C.K., Tony Robbins, Deepak Chopra, and the list goes on and on. And prior to being a transformational speaker, Kyle was a headlining comedian for 25 years with two number one Comedy Central specials. And in 2009, he earned a number one ranking on the network's stand-up showdown. Now, he's appeared in hundreds of different TV and movie appearances, including 10 Things I Hate About You, Not Another Teen Movie, Jimmy Kimmel Show, The Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson, Chelsea Lately, and so many other shows. And he's got a new book out called I Hope I Screw this up guys you're gonna love this one it is funny it's inspirational it's transformational and powerful some of the things we talk about on this episode are why our minds shut down good and great ideas also the process of kyle becoming a comedian and then transitioning after 25 years of being a comedian into a whole new career and what that was like for him the key to creating clarity around what you need to do how to fall in love with your fears and embrace them in such a funny way that they just are laughable. Also, the beliefs of victims versus achievers, what the most important things to let go of are, and so much more. Guys, this is going to be a powerful one. You might laugh a little bit because, yes, he has a lot of good humor. Uh, And before we dive in, I want to give a shout out to our review of the week, a big thank you to pastry vanessa who says more than my favorite podcast this is the school of life uh she said love 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 lewis house he brings so much value to his audience when i bake i listen to his podcast and feel constantly inspired to be and do more i wish lewis started the school of greatness 20 years ago his guest speakers are game changers who are the best life teachers lisa nichols mel robbins adam braun are my faves Thanks, Lewis. Well, Pastry Vanessa, thank you for being the iTunes review of the week. And if you've not left a review yet, make sure to go to iTunes.com slash greatness and leave your review right now. All right, guys, this is a big one. Make sure to share it with your friends right now. It's lewishouse.com slash 478 or click on the podcast app wherever you're listening to it and share it out to social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and tag me at Lewis House when you do. I'm super pumped, and without further ado, let me introduce you the one, the only, Kyle Cease. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card, you call the number for help, and can't get a hold of anyone if you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Your skin refuses to be defined by age. That's why Agency creates personalized anti-aging formulas that smooth fine lines, lighten dark spots, and improve the appearance of dark circles. Each formula is tailored to you and prescribed by a licensed dermatology provider. Formulas are customized with clinically proven ingredients like tretinoin, which is up to 20 times stronger than retinol. Get your first month free at withagency.com. That's W-I-T-H-A-G-E-N-C-Y.com. $4.95 shipping and handling subject to consultation. Subscription required. Cancel anytime. Save big money on protecting your garden. Now at Menards. Messina's Animal Stopper is a liquid repellent that prevents pesky animals from damaging your garden. Available in a convenient, ready-to-use bottle. It lasts for up to 30 days, regardless of weather and watering. Save big money on Messina's Animal Stopper at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals happening now. Save big money at I'm excited about what is trying to emerge out of me because of that. Like, imagine the inner peace that when you get to it, because I believe every problem is an illusion. And I believe that every time we get in our head, you're probably recording me right now, but I believe that every time we get in our head about something, we're under an illusion. The story's in our head. And so whenever I have any problem in that moment, I actually think it's life or death. Like, whether it's someone saying something about me or oh, this gig might not happen or whatever. And so every time I have that, a question Michael Beckwith taught me to ask is, what is trying to emerge out of me that I've never been before, but I actually am? Are you recording this? Because this is, this is cool yeah. if you want this. Yeah, yeah. Like a caterpillar, if it's a caterpillar is walking on a stick, if there's a wall here, right? The victim caterpillar goes, oh, there's a wall here. I'm not going to do this, Right. The achiever caterpillar, the make it happen motivation caterpillar goes, I'm going to get over the wall, right? That what's trying to emerge out of me caterpillar goes, I think I'll just sit here for a week and do nothing. And then it's the cocoon forms and eventually it has wings and this thing's a non-issue. It's not existent. Mm. So I've had it before where someone talks crap about me, right? Now the victim caterpillar goes, I'm going to leave this. The achievement caterpillar goes, I'm going to prove them wrong. Right. I'm going to have another number one comedy special central special and show them that I'm. But the what's trying to emerge out of me, Caterpillar, goes, Okay, this thing is here. What what illusion, what story am I in for this thing to even be an existing thing? And for me, that shift happened when I was comics were giving me crap because I was this positive guy. (laughs) And all of a sudden I was like, I cared what they thought about me, but something was trying to emerge out of me. So I had to sit and I sat in a hotel for a long time. And I felt all this pain in me that was like trying to, the most I knew at that point was how do I show them they're wrong? How do I, and then eventually I noticed my mind was coming up with all these solutions, but I was just sitting on a bed safe. But my mind was literally fighting for its life for days, but I'm totally safe. Mm. And we always are sitting here in a place of thinking, I got to fix this problem. And we're actually in fight or flight, life or death mode when we're totally safe almost the entire life. Yeah. So at one point I saw my mind was doing this and I realized I'm not my thoughts because my thoughts are coming up with this and I was separate from the thoughts. And I realized I'm the one looking at this. And all of a sudden my entire life story collapsed and I was just this moment. And I stared at a wall for like five hours and I felt totally free. Hmm. 
And I realized I felt a freedom that was even better than who I am as having a number one Comedy Central special or or whatever it is. I'm actually this moment only. And I felt freer than I had ever had been. Wow. And I flew back home after that. And I tried to get my DVD player to play a movie and it wouldn't play it. And then tried a second one. I tried six movies and it wouldn't play it. Finally, the movie Adaptation played. And there's a scene in the movie where Nicolas Cage says to his brother, he goes, in high school, there's a girl you really loved. And she was saying crap about you and you didn't care. And he said, why is that? And the brother said, because whatever she says about me, she can't take away from me how much I love her. And then he said, you are what you love, not what loves you. And I realized the only reason I had been stressing was I was under the illusion that who I am is what they think about me. And mm. how could I be what someone thinks about me? What one person thinks about, one person could hate me, one person could love me. Their issues with me have to do with their crap and their childhood and their past. So if I think one person loves me, I become that and then think this person, no, I'm not what they think of me. I'm, do I accept what they all think of me? I'm, do I love them in their hatred of me? Mm. And when you go to back to your childhood, that's who you actually are. In your natural childhood state, you're just always, you don't care what, you don't even know about what people think about you and you know what you want to be. You know you're going to be a singer or a dancer or a comedian. Yeah. You're not thinking about, well, yeah, but I got to consider this or will I sell enough or you just be that. And then society turns us into a consumer. So what our natural, so the, when I was under the fear of what these people thought about me, I was under the illusion that who I was was what they thought about me. And that was my caterpillar moment. And so every time I have any issue at all, I ask myself what Michael Beckwith said is what's trying to emerge out of me. So I'm excited with every time I have a conflict because I always know that only a story is scared. Only an old identification is scared. Only like if someone's talking crap about me, that only affects me because I think who I am is my reputation. But if I get to I'm just this moment, then I can handle the lightness or the darkness of everything that ever, everyone else thinks. And then I can do bigger things because I'm more in alignment with the entire world versus I'm this zone. I don't wow. know if that makes sense. Of course, yeah. But so, yeah. Wow, man. Wow. Well, we'll start it off I there. I didn't realize we'd start in we'll, mid. <laughs> we will start it off there. You're here with Kyle Cease. <laughs> exactly. The most attractive. Exactly. Powerful. <laughs> well, welcome everyone to the School of Greatness podcast. We've got Kyle Cease in the house. Thank you so much Thank for being for here, man. I'm excited me, for this and for that intro, which we'll keep in. I'm uh, honored to be with you. Yeah, I'm very excited about this. And I think before we just had about like a, an hour and a half conversation about many things, things you're going through, other things that we're excited about in life, yeah. uh, similarities, mutual friends, things like that. But I found out about you on Facebook, a Facebook video that you were promoting a while ago or one of your videos that went viral. Um, and you've got a book out right now uh, that my friend Michelle is uh, publishing from Simon & Schuster. And it's called, I Hope I Screw This Up, How Falling in Love with Your Fears Can Change the World. And I'm telling you guys, go get this book right now. It's it's going to be life-changing for you. Um, Thank you. You were you were a comedian for 20 years, is that right? Or I started, on the comedy, comedy circuit? Yeah, I started when I was 12, actually. 12. I was um, oblivious to the idea that I couldn't do it. You know, when we're yeah, kids, we smart. just start. I, I started doing it before nerves existed in me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> That's just, good. I hadn't learned yet life isn't that easy. Um, <laughs> and so I started doing comedy. And um, I remember one thing that was so funny when I was like 15 years old. I remember thinking I was working clubs. And I remember 15. thinking 15, yeah, 15, 16 around there. In LA or where? In Seattle. I grew up in Seattle. 
I actually started doing it in second grade. My teacher told me during class that if I'd be quiet, she'd give me five minutes at the end of the week to do whatever I wanted. <laughs> and at the time, my uncle uh, was the prop man for the famous 80s comedian Gallagher, okay. who was the guy that smashed the watermelons. He was like sure. a carrot top of the 80s. So I would do his act, which I didn't get. So I, with a Southern accent, I'd talk about like sex and taxes with a Southern accent uh-huh. to kids and elementary school <laughs> second graders yeah yeah and um but i always people always said one day you're going to be a comedian and even that felt too distant for me it was like i got mad i'd be like i'm famous now like mm. in junior high people would be like one day we're going to see you on tv and i would go i'm in the yearbook and i'm featured in the local paper right as this and whenever you think i'm going to be you're implying you're not there you're now at day one of it versus day you know, year 10 of it. Right. Right. So I was enjoying. So you're saying I am this now. I'm not going to be this. Yeah. This I'm going to, you know, achievers always look at victims and say, your limited belief is I can't. Achievers limited belief is I'm going to, because you're either on the treadmill or you're not, you're either meditating or you're not. And there's so many times people go to seminars and they get all pumped about their next year plan Uh and it feels so good in their mind that they don't do anything anymore. Right. Right? It's like that almost was the addiction. They've it's, got the good feeling, so they just keep going to more events every week. Right. It'd yeah. be like going to the gym and having them explain to you what a treadmill is and all the benefits you'll get from a treadmill, and you're like, awesome, and then you leave, but you didn't get on it. Yeah. And we we have this one addiction that we never... I, I think everything's an addiction almost. We think it's alcohol or drugs, but it's also worrying. It's controlling other people. It's Happiness is an addiction. Uh, yeah, excitement. Anything is addiction. I mean, like, yeah. I'm so excited that's coming, so I'm not in the now about mm. right now. I think this thing's bigger than right now. Well, I'm excited about this trip that I'm always going to be going on. Right. And if you think, like, if I am if I was doing this, this talk with you, and then later today I was going to be on, like, whatever, Obama's, mm-hmm. you know, or something. If I thought who Wait, I am... Obama's got a show now? Let me know. Yeah. If you, Get me on after you, a, okay? We yeah. have a <laughs> great comedian. Yeah. It's not a good impression. <laughs> <laughs> But if I, if I thought that was who I am, a huge illusion we are is uh-huh. when we're in this illusion, I think a huge illusion we live in is this. When something happens, I'll be happy. Every one of us can think right now, we're, it, we live in this world of when I finally get that number one show, when I finally get out of this relationship, when I finally get that body, that job, that career. Launch that book. Launch that book. Right. Exactly. If you wrote I, about that in your first couple pages. Right. Like, when I finally write this book, then they'll take me seriously. Right. He said something like that. Or- yeah. Because that's the illusion. Right away, you're like, I got to do this right. Right. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? I got to do this the right way. When people say, how do I do this? Mm-hmm. What they're actually saying is, what does how mean? How do you even know if it's the right or wrong way? If I got something for it. Right. How, mm-hmm. how do I write a book? You got to do it the right way. Meaning I'm not complete unless I get something. You're writing from fear because you're saying I'm in lack unless this sells a ton mm-hmm. or people like it. So when I go on stage, if I'm like, how do I do a good job? I'm immediately under the illusion that who I am is what the audience thinks about me. And I'm not just love as is that I'm in lack of love. So I'm actually creating from a place of lack every time I want something. Right? I'm creating from a place of I'm not enoughness. So if I'm under the place of when something happens, I'll be happy, I'm actually saying I'm not enough until I have that thing. The shift that I had after getting to have a lot of things, I was in the movie, like, Not Another Teen Movie. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've ever seen that. but you in 10 Things I Hate About You? Yeah, well. I was in that too. Yeah. But I remember getting the audition for Not Another Teen Movie and thinking, uh-huh. if I just went to producers, 
you know, and then I got to producers and I was more enslaved. If you just got to producers? Meaning like if I could just get to the producers, oh, right. like the second audition. Right, right. Get a call back. And get, get a call back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then I get that. And I'm like, if I just book this, I'll be happy. Now I'm more intense, more not happy. And then I booked it. And then I'm like, okay, if my part just stays in. So they're editing it for nine months, and I'm just totally so like, please what if give the me part? that one line. Then it's in there. You're like, okay, now you get like, the bigger movie. I'm like, now I got to get another movie, and this one better be a hit. So if you think when something happens, I'll be happy, or if I get that person, I'll be happy, you're actually saying, I'm in lack without that thing. And immediately you put yourself in a place of making that thing bigger than you, and your connection is to that thing. So if it leaves, you're not happy. It's mm-hmm. your oxygen. So you strangle it, and that's why everything we think we want. We lose because you're not ready for it if you want it. You got to get to a place where you love you enough where the thing just naturally comes to you or better. Because if you think I want that thing, right? If you're saying when I get that, I'll be happy. You're not going to be able to create it nearly as much as when I'm happy, things will happen. Mm. When I don't need something to make me happy, then you can create. And I totally believe in motivation, all that. It's so important. But I can't believe how much stuff wants to come to me that's so much bigger than the thing that I think that I'm going to get. Everything you think you want from here, the biggest vision board in the world, still includes some of our past story. And our past story includes our lack and our doubts. Yeah. Yeah. So the best vision board I could make for this year is nothing compared to what could actually happen if I instead just fall in love with not knowing and show up and stay in the room. If I just don't know what I'm going to say. So like when I do my events, we do these evolving out loud Mm -hmm. two-day events. I don't know what I'm going to say at all. I the speak whole time. For, the whole time. There's nothing scheduled. If I had scheduled wow. something, I'd be immediately enslaved to it has to go this, this way. Expectation of so, a certain look. Feel. Yeah. yeah. So then you're not going with the f- the moment. You're going with the it has to be this way. So I'm not moving from my heart. I'm moving from my memory and my head from what I scripted because I wanted to do it the right way so I could get something from the audience. But if instead I start with I don't know what I'm going to say and I love that. What if we start this podcast with, I don't know what's going to happen, and I love that. I love not knowing. How much more freedom do you have? Because we are under the illusion that when we think I don't know, that we have to learn how to know. But what if you instead let it unfold how it wants to, and then you can play, then you're in your heart. Immediately, sure. you're not stuck, and it has to be a certain way. Sure. And then everything that happens is perfect. Yeah. I'm aligned to that, but I also think it's good for us to have a vision of what we want too. Totally. Right? As opposed to like, oh, we'll just see how this book unfolds and I'll just start writing and whatever happens, happens. Totally. I think you have to have a vision of like, well, my intention is to impact and inspire people with words. Now, what if by doing that, the vision shows up versus aiming it? In other words, like, it's just a, a thought. Yeah, yeah. Because what my vision is, is still here, but it's about my connection to myself. Right. And then everything that I create outside of it is a byproduct of that. True. Right? So the vision's still there. The vision is I want to connect to myself. Mm. But if my vision is I want a million of these to sell, Yep. okay, what if inside I could have created something that could have made a billion of these sell? But I'm sitting here going, it's got to be a million. And so I'm already on a track of this way versus me just going, what could I just create now? And you just create stuff like you're planting gardens all over the place. 
One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Every Stearns & Foster mattress is handcrafted with the finest materials for irresistible comfort every single night. Now save up to $800 on select adjustable mattress sets only at stearnsandfoster.com. Lesser savings may apply. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night. No matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale, even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch when it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great. Do you think we shouldn't have goals at all? I think intention is cooler than goals. I definitely think goals are important. But a goal is, I want to make this thing happen, right? Mm-hmm. An intention is different. An intention is, I'm going to align with playing and still have a direction. Like, I'm not, like, accidentally working at a fast food place. Right, right. You know what I <laughs> yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. You're doing something you love. Right. And the real way I do this is actually, I just ask myself, this might sound crazy, but it's really cool. I ask myself, what in my life feels light and expands my body and what feels heavy? Okay? Everything in my life that feels heavy, unless it's something I have to have, like if I have a kid or something, mm-hmm. right? If it feels heavy, that's a different thing. So, for instance, we have two voices in our body, I really believe. The first voice says something that's just a feeling, and it'll just tell you the next step. So the voice shows up and it goes, um, something like, what if I just leave this company, right? This, you're working for a company, you're not fulfilled at. The voice shows up, what if we just leave this? It can't tell you why, because you've never done it, but it feels kind of expansive. It feels good, that, and that feeling is a preview. Mm. It's saying, when you leave this, you'll always feel this way, right? right? So you can feel that, and we have this voice all day. It's the voice that says, I'm going to go to Italy, or I want to just write a book, or what if I start a band, or what if I ask that person out or leave this company? So there's this first voice that goes, what if we do that? And you can feel it in your body. It feels crazy, right? And then a second voice shows up that we've learned to listen to that's a small voice in here, but it's louder. And it goes, yeah, and it comes up with the stupidest reason why we shouldn't. So it goes, what if we leave this company? Yeah, but if we do, we can't go to the Cheesecake Factory party next Thursday. (laughs) Or I'll get that bonus. or Right. And the first voice goes, dude, if you'd learn to listen to me, I can't tell you this because I want you to move based on faith. But if you would learn to listen to me, you'll own all the Cheesecake Factories in a month and you can make them all vegan if you want. Right, right. And the second voice is like, yeah, but they got those Thai lettuce wraps. (laughs) Anyone who's ever stayed in a relationship too long (laughs) because they know eventually both of you are going camping know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. You go, I want to break up with this person, but... Thanksgiving's coming, so right. I guess I'll hate them until Thanksgiving and stay in hell until Christmas. And then, Christmas, and then uh, what's the next one? Valentine's, Valentine's Day, and I can't Day. break up yeah, before then. Right. And then I'm in routine because summer's coming. And yeah, Right. So 
So what I've discovered is that the goal or the idea unfolds itself the more I align with my body. So when I do something that excites me, just taking the next step, like a GPS doesn't tell you all the directions, right? It just says, here's the next thing to do. Mm -hmm. So the way I like to work that has seemed to work really well is to go with trusting the moment and trusting that that feeling that says, I'm going to put you in your body. If you move into your body, that means you just let go of some of your old story Mm. because you're in your, you can feel when you're in your head, it's right here, right? But if you move into something that feels like an opportunity and you say yes to it, immediately. Can I give you an example? Yeah. I'm totally talking so much right now, good. but I'm just excited to be with you. You're the guest, man. It's your yeah, show. Yeah, that's right, right? It's your show. I'm like, hey, do you mind if I tell you a story <laughs> on this thing? I don't want to hear myself talk. That's why I brought you on. Well, here, I'll, let's make it look that I'm letting you talk evenly. Oh, thanks. Uh, thanks for giving is me there any, Do you have any questions? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead. What's your thing? What oh, you th- yeah. What okay. are you thinking about right now, well, Kyle? Well, Lewis, thanks for asking. <laughs> um, here's a great example. Uh-huh. One day I was doing an event. At the time, we had 200 people in the audience. There were 200 people. It's weak, man. I know. Step your game up. Well, that's what yeah. happened. Is if you my... had a goal of how many people you'd want to reach, maybe you'd reach more. Well, check this out. It's so weird you say that. There's not even a camera here. If, you had, gonna... a, if you had a 1,400-person theater that you said, hey, I want to fill this theater. Right. Well, this is what happened. Why are you that's... limiting yourself? Well, that's what ha... well, well, check this out. So that's weird because what you're saying and what I'm saying actually yeah. complement each other. Yes. They're perfect. You do need goals. You need this. But there's also this element of playing with what you're feeling and learning stuff that might even be beyond the goal. Because sometimes mm. people have a goal like, um, I just want to make this relationship good and I'm going to come up with this thing. But they might actually still be with someone that doesn't align with them. True. Or I'm going to be number one at this job. Meanwhile, you're ignoring this thing that's like I could be in a band job. or creating this thing that I love. Doing art, music. Yeah. Or- so how, what level is your goal at? Is it your goal that you think when I finally get there, I'll be happy mm. from a limited space? Or what happens if we surrender more and hear a goal that's even higher and crazier and weirdly will move there faster mm. if we stop trying so much and allow, right? So- Dan, my teammate, said to me, he goes, we just did a 200-seat event. And it was actually hard to fill at the time. And Dan said, so what do you want to really do? And I said, I want to do a 2,000-seater. And right when I said that, my body got excited and my brain showed up and went, dude, you barely showed 200, 200, right? And I actually felt two bodies. Like, I want to do 2,000 seats, but this is here's why I can't. Right. And we have this with everything. I want to leave this company. Yeah, that'd feel good. Yeah, but I wouldn't make any money. Mm -hmm. You can't see how much money you're losing by staying in a job you hate. Right. So immediately it's too. So I said to Dan, okay, I feel this opportunity here, but there's this fear. If you step into the opportunity, the fear goes away because the fear isn't of the thing you're about to do, it's of choosing to do the thing you are about to do. When people go skydiving, they always say the scariest moment is when I'm looking over the side of the plane. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. But that you're safe in that moment. They always say when I leap off the plane, I'll be fine. You're going 10,000 miles yeah. an hour. I'll be fine once I jump and I'm completely not safe. Yeah. You weren't scared of skydiving. You were scared of choosing to let go of your old story. Right? So he said, what do you want to do? I said, I want to do 2,000 seats. Okay, let's call the Saban Theater. We call the Saban Theater. 
So when I so re- that's my skydive, right? Say yes, make a decision, yes. go, right? Let's lock on the date. Let's figure out the rates. Let's, right. Yeah. Let's get stuck in. We have to sell two thousand yes. seats, right? So we call the Saban Theater and find out it would cost sixty thousand dollars to rent it Ooh. for a weekend. So immediately both bodies showed up again. Do you want to pay sixty thousand? Yeah, but I can't. So we just find where I said yes. Tell them yes. Okay. Wow. So I said yes, and immediately my mind went to another channel where it had different ideas that was not the limited guy that was going to make this choice. Now I'm a guy who does 2,000 seaters. So my mind was actually asking very different questions because I had said yes to this. Mm. So right when I said that, my mind came up with this. It goes, what if you, there's a pod, there's a radio show called KPFK, a public funded station. What if you just donated a thousand tickets to them and let them for their fund drive, raise money and give them out. And my body then went, that would be very easy and effortless, but I have to make money to fill the theater, right? right? <laughs> so I texted KPFK, a friend of mine there, and I said, I'm going to give you a thousand tickets. And they said, well, then we're giving you your own radio show. I didn't realize this feeling was including a bunch of stuff that I didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Whenever you're scared to let go of something, the only reason is because your mind can measure what you will lose. It can't see what you'll gain. So when you're scared of breaking up with someone, your mind is scared because it's focused on the loss of one person versus the gain of 7.2 billion people if you're bisexual and willing to date everybody. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> so immediately I said to KPFK, I'll do that. They said, yeah, you got it. Then I found out Saban Theater is taking too long to get back to us. Mm. So we're going to find another theater. Wow. So we called the Alex Theater in Glendale. They were like $15,000 for the theater. And KPFK immediately, it was 1400, which was like, that's a great step up. KPFK immediately fills the theater with a thousand seats. And we're so excited that the other 400 was so easy. And I realized it was easier to fill 1400 seats than 200 seats because we're more excited about it. Mm. And the higher excitement you are, the more you don't see how it won't work. When you're in a good mood, you can make anything work. You know, when you fall in love with someone and you make anything work, you could be like, oh, you hate cherries. I love cherries. Great. I'll just eat them and you don't. (laughs) Or we both like cherries. Like everything fits. Yeah. Right. So when you're in a good mood, you don't see how it won't work. Mm. And when, you're, you, when you do something that excites you, you immediately put yourself into a good mood. It's almost like going to channel 100. Channel 2 is still available in the room, but you only see what you're tuned to. Mm. Right? Yeah. So when he said, what do you want to do? There's a speaker named Bashar that says that, who I like a lot. He's cool. But Dan said to me, what do you want to do? And my body came up with all these reasons why I can't. The old story couldn't. Not me. And whenever you're scared to let go of something, you're not scared of letting go of that thing. You're scared of letting go of your old story that got love for being in that limitation. Mm-hmm. And you'll realize that who you are is just this moment. And this moment doesn't have problems. There's stories that show up. You might go, I'm scared. I'm whatever. But you'll realize it's your past story that got love for being scared. It's scared, not you. So you might go, so what I have people do at our events is I have them go, they say whatever their fear is and follow it with, and I love that. Because it's not your fear that's bothering you. It's your resistance to the fear. Hmm. Right? Give me an example. So. What are you afraid of? Um, <laughs> what are you afraid of the most right now in your life? <laughs> Anything in particular? Yes. Um, as we do this more and more. Um, 
what's this? Put yourself as out we, there more. As we put yourself out there Build more. Build a bigger audience and speak more. Yeah. Right? What I think one thing is what people think of you, what they're, how people perceive themselves in you. <laughs> like there's all kinds of different stuff like that, right? So if there's anything in particular that you're scared of, like um, I'm scared that I won't be enough. I'm scared someone will, you'll realize that the fear is inside you. It's not outside you, right? And the reason it's there is because we're in resistance to the fear. So if you say, I'm totally nervous and I love that, immediately you free yourself because you become the space that's looking at the nerves versus the nerves itself. So you mean you're separating yourself from it? Right. You're like looking at the nervousness as opposed to it being you? Yeah. So yeah. What's, what's something you're scared of? Staring at a blank wall right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, I'm trying to think. Uh, Should we ask them? I don't know. Is there, what's my big fears? I mean, or their fear. Oh. That'll be alone? Is that my big fear? I don't know if that's Perfect. my big fear anymore. Let's say I it was. I've, okay, yeah. Say so. Say I'm going to be alone, and I love that. I'm going to be alone, and I'll and I love that. Yeah. Immediately, what's that feel like when you say that? Um, I don't know. It doesn't feel scary. Right. Because it's not being alone. People go, well, yeah, but what if I don't get the job? They're deciding. It's their judgment that they think mm. they should get the job. That's the problem. Versus, yeah, if you don't get the job, that's going to be space for a better job or whatever. Right, 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 right. right? So it's not yeah. that you're scared you'll be alone. It's that you're scared. It's that you're in resistance to that you're scared that you'll mm. be alone. Yes. But if you love that you'll be alone, what happens is there's a little you that shows up that hasn't been seen by our parents in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And it's trying to do things the right way to get love the way it did in its childhood. Yeah. And we need to be the space of love for that kid now. And by the way, with all the things that you want in your life, way better things will show up when you clear out this crap through loving it. Mm -hmm. Right? So loving your fears. Loving your fears. So if I said, Accepting you know. Accepting it, loving it, acknowledging it and saying, okay. Fall in love with your fears because the only problem is you're addicted to an old story where that fear, you got love for it. We go to lunch with our friend and we talk about all our problems and then they bond with us. Think about this. Think about when we were kids. If you and I went to another planet right now and we were raised by two 30-foot tall aliens. Mm -hmm. I usually say 20, but because you're so big, I made Pretty them 30-foot yeah. tall. Thank you. And we're raised by two 30-foot <laughs> tall aliens and neither one of them spoke English. And we don't know who they are. We're just put on this planet. And for 20 years, we're raised by these giant things. And one of them comes home drunk every night. And it's just screaming. It's like, ah, rah, rah. And you start to learn, I better not speak out or this thing's going to hurt me or abandon me or leave me. Right? And then the other alien really loves it when you tap dance, let's say. <laughs> I'll tell you, that alien gets all the other. So you start to learn for 20 years, the way life works is don't speak out. And when I tap dance, I get love. And then you go, and, and everyone has two different aliens, right? Then you go out to the rest of the planet, and you're tap dancing, and those aliens are like, I don't even like tap dancing. <laughs> That's our parents, right? Yeah. And, and you go back to their childhood, their parents were in like the Great Depression. Yeah. You go back 10 more generations, you're in slavery yeah. and Viking times. And none of them did the work we're doing. Right. So that we're getting bags of all this crap from like the 1400s. <laughs> you know, they're like teach them club her in the temple and drag her home. That's the training. That And then parents learn. They teach their kids to survive. You need to survive. Don't do what you want to do. Become this. Become a lawyer or this thing. Right. And you start Don't to do it learn. Your joy. Yeah. So yeah. you start to go. Well, I want to. I want to do this thing, but I'm going to lose love that I got from my parents if I step into the great thing that yes. I am. Yes. So, but 
that they I'm disappoint them. They're going to abandon right. me, and I don't want to be abandoned. And there's a replacement for that, which is you being the space of love for you that you've never gotten from your parents. They did the best they could. They, you forgive them, you love them, and then you just go, okay, what is it I'm scared of? And I'm scared to tell my parents that I want to do. Okay, I'm going to tell me that. I'm scared that I won't be enough, and I love that. All of a sudden, it feels not alone, right? Mm-hmm. I'm scared that people won't like me, and I love that. People might not like me, and I love that. People might be crazy, and I love that. <laughs> People might write me really weird messages, and I love that. People might do bizarre things, and I love that. I might not People be might enough. People might attack me. People might. Yeah. I might be broke. I might be in to- millions of dollars debt, and I love that. Now, people might think that's just crazy because then you're just ignoring it. No, you're creating a space that's bigger that will totally create and take care of those problems as a byproduct. Mm-hmm. I've learned that everything that I'm scared of losing everything that I'm scared of losing is going to have to be taken away from me to make room for what I really am. If someone walked by you with a glass and they were scared to death that they're going to drop it, what would you do for them? Like, oh, I'm scared of it. Right. I got it. So the universe takes (laughs) from you everything that you're scared you're going to lose to show you that you're enough on the other side of that thing. Without it. Right. So you're scared you're going to lose money? Cool. The universe will make you broke. So you can realize, oh, I'm still alive. I'm, I'm still, still here. I can f- make things happen. I can, I'm resourceful. I can go yes. create a new life for myself. In fact, you were stifling your amazing gift because you were so focused on what you would lose. So when we're afraid of the thing, yes, that thing's going to show up in our lives. Right. And I'm not saying fears don't happen. There's stuff that I told you that I'm yes. dealing with in my life, right? And you feel it. And I sometimes just by saying the thing you're scared of, you connect with other people. If you, ever, if you go on stage and you're nervous, say you're nervous. Yeah. You go into a job interview, say you're nervous. The, the, the boss knows exactly what nerves feel like and connects with you, right? Mm-hmm. So that's our job is to access this part of us that really is good at creating, yeah. that really knows what it wants so much more than our mind knows. Mm-hmm. So I totally believe in, in goals. I, and I, I just believe that there's even bigger goals sometimes than the goals we make that want to come through and will when you clear out all the crap that you're not. So have you ever had it where you want to write a blog and you try and you can't? You're trying to get the right blog? Have you ever had it also where a blog shows up in you and just writes you? Yeah. I like to live in that second place. Yeah, me too. Right? Just comes out. Yeah. Can't stop the flow. It's just like greatest ideas ever. Yeah. There's so many things that we want to create and want to be created through us. An apple tree just wants to make apples. <laughs> it's not sitting here going, how many apples will I sell? You know, what if people don't like apples? Mm-hmm. That pear tree already is making those. Is this too close? Right. <laughs> if it did, did I say it's making apples? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if, if it did, then it wouldn't create the apples. So how many apples are we not making because we're mm-hmm. so obsessed with what we'll get mm-hmm. versus what's trying to come out? Yeah. Whenever I I do events with people and they have like all these plans set up for the event, I'm like, man, are you missing amazing moments? Because the control freak in us wants to make it perfect versus just letting our creativity come and do its thing. Because we don't know that on the other side of about a half an hour of crap, there's brilliance Mm -hmm. and creativity and play. Wow. So you show up and you say, I don't know what I'm going to say. And I love that. First thing, first thing I do is I tell the audience I don't know what I'm going to say, so we're all on the same page. Mm-hmm. 
and that I love that. And I also tell the audience, let go of your expectations. So what do they know to, what to expect when they buy a ticket? They know that they know just from, I think, watching the videos that what we're going to do is beyond the story of what we were. And if they have an expectation and I meet the expectation, then they don't change. Mm. If I don't meet the expectation, do something cooler, then they're going to be blindsided by a breakthrough nice. because right. they realize the expectation they had was based on what they've seen so far. So there's no room for anything new. Mm. I really believe no one's ever broken your heart, but they've broken your expectations. And by breaking your expectations, they got you closer to your heart. That's a good one. So no one's ever broken my heart. And the only reason I'm stressed is because things are happening in the world in the way that I've decided that they shouldn't. Right. Right? So it puts me in a position of me going, okay, there's a thing happening. Do I argue with it? Or do I, first of all, accept that it's happening? Do I love that it's happening? Then I can do it. I can react to it from not a place of fear, but possibility. Yeah. Right. So, wow, man. Yeah. Why did you transfer from being a comedian to doing, you know, this type of transformational work while obviously adding your comedy flair and humor into the mix? But when did you decide, you know what, this whole comedy tour thing and doing these specials and whatever, I think it's like no, no more. I think one shift I had was... And when was it? It was 2011. 2010 was a big one. You were on tour. You're doing the comedy special thing, comedy yeah. show or different... You were like... Here's what happened. Yeah. In 2010, actually, I decided to see what would happen just for fun. I had just let, I had just discovered something, which was this thing that I was saying at the beginning of you are what you love, not what loves you. I started realizing that motivation is awesome, but it's nothing compared to what we actually are. In other words, we're like helium balloons that are always trying to go up, but it's always caught on something that doesn't matter, like what, who's in the office or what the football team did. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Who said something to you or whatever. Right. Yeah. Who hurt you or whatever. Yeah. I believe one of the biggest reasons we stress is we spend our lives trying to control what we can't and we don't control what we can. We try to control what Donald Trump said. We try to control, mm -hmm. you know, our past and argue with it. We can't control it. Everything you can't control, just let go of it. You don't have to deal with it. Yeah. Right? You can control what you think about that. You can control what you do with that. I can't control what they think of me, but I can control if I love what they think about me or not. I can control if I accept it. So when I realized that, I started thinking, I think that a lot more could be achieved if I just let go of the things in my life that are heavy. Mm. And, and allow myself to, to see what happens on the other side of that. Like what would happen if I spent 90 days off of Facebook, right? What kind of creation would I create not doing this all day, right. mad that my brother is friends with my ex? And didn't you know? <laughs> like your like recent post or whatever, yeah. Yeah, like meaning like that's we all, Facebook only puts you in a place of lack, right? Yeah. You go on Facebook and it's just, oh, there's a party last night. That's I didn't why you're know not me. on Instagram. Right. Yeah, I'm on Facebook, but I do use it versus doing what I can to not let it use well, me. Well, that's how I found you. Yeah. Sp being one of those guys that just scrolled through and no, but I mean, well, I, seeing one of your videos. Yeah. I think you were sponsoring one of your posts and it was like had a 3 million views or something. And I was like, who is this guy? When your space has the long lasting, noticeable scent of Airwick vibrant scented oils, you'll want to invite everyone over from book club to the fantasy league, even the in-laws. It smells 
Amazing. Airwick Vibrant Scented Oils are infused with two times more natural essential oils versus regular Airwick Scented Oils for our most authentic, nature-inspired fragrance experience. Hmm. Transform your space with scents like white sage and mahogany or lavender and water lily. Now that's a breath of fresh Airwick. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. And it was like so moving and powerful. So I think these platforms we can use for a lot of good. Yeah, you know, well, it can be an interruption for people. They, yeah, to see what's possible in their life, not what's lacking in their life. Well, it's so important that you know you can feel the difference between using it with an intention and letting it totally run you. One is mindless, and you get caught, and then you actually find yourself stressing about something you have nothing to do with. Like you'll just see someone's post, and you bring your opinion into it. Mm-hmm. Why? Like, let it just go by, <laughs> you know, yeah. it doesn't need us to get in there, right. you know? Right. So I, at one point wanted to know, at first I want to know what would happen if I went 90 days raw vegan. Wow. It might sound crazy, but I no. just, yeah. it was a calling that I wanted to feel. Sure. So I said, what would happen if I only ate raw vegan food for 90 days? And to make sure I did it, to get on the island or burn the boats, as Tony would say, yes. I said, I'm going to make sure that I do this. By if I eat one cooked thing or one non-vegan thing, I'll give away ten thousand dollars. That's big. That was my way yeah, of sure. If you I'm two weeks it. in and someone walks by with a free cookie, mm-hmm. it's a ten thousand dollar cookie. So I'm leveraged to not do it. Mm-hmm. So the first three weeks went by, and I just wanted all this food. <laughs> like I just felt like crap. Of you know, of course you're like this sucks. Why'd I do this? Yeah. About a month into it, someone walked by with a hot dog, and all I smelled was chemicals and metal. Mm. That. A month ago would have tasted good. Yes. But my taste buds changed. And I started thinking, what else does this imply? Hmm. So I kept going. And I started discovering, like, if I can change that, and, and, and now cooked bad food doesn't feel like a part of me anymore. I've been a- away from it enough that it actually feels like it's over here, right? Mm-hmm. What, else, what else is a part of me that feels a little bit heavy that I could let go of? So I said... Okay, no dating for a while. And then I was like, no Facebook. Yeah. Oh my God. I didn't realize when I was dating how much of my time so much energy. Was, you're spending all day like so planning much to time, just, money, energy, stress. To do to do a thing at night. <laughs> so dumb. Like all day. You're like cleaning the house. Yeah. <laughs> like you're planning everything. Yes. You're in strategy from ten AM for this one goal that is such a funny goal compared to what we I are know. capable of, it's right? Crazy. So I was like, okay, no dating for a while. Oh my God. I suddenly had all day and then I was- energy and creativity and- Yeah. And then the clarity of how heavy Facebook was, it was like a a rocket that's now up and now the weights are so obvious versus they were all the same. Now it's like, get rid of Facebook, clump, you know, faster, right? So I started feeling amazing because I was connecting to me and not the collective consciousness of the victim mentality of the world. I was suddenly someone that- all day I would have inspired ideas and it would be like, do this, do this. And mm. these ideas would come through and they'd be amazing, right? So then I felt out of nowhere at this new elevated connection, stand-up comedy is not my highest 
me. It's not, it's not, I did it. That was my dream and I did it and I completed it. And at the height of my comedy career, we were doing a documentary and I looked into the camera and I said on camera, I'm officially done doing comedy clubs on the road. And right when I said that, we have this moment on tape and I'm not making a claim about this or saying anything magical, but three auditions showed up into my phone that minute. It was almost, it felt like I made space for it and now there's something new because the audition showed up at a time I wouldn't have been in town. Like, oh, okay, like acting auditions or something? Yeah. Or, yeah. So it was like creating room. It's yes. like, how could you find the love of your life while you're with someone you don't want to be with? Yeah. It's like, get out of there, create a space where you connect to you, make you the love of your life, and then you'll find someone who made them the love of their life and you won't be two addictions that are connecting to each yes. other, stopping each other from feeling who you actually are, mm-hmm. right? So I started letting go of that. I let go of Facebook, let go of these things. And I said, I'm done doing comedy clubs on the road the next week I was would have been on the road doing a comedy club at some strip mall that I didn't want to do anymore and instead I'm now a dude that doesn't even have to do that there was a different alignment where I started seeing I'm awesome Mm. like I loved that but there's even cooler here right and we don't know that that's available the second we let go of the heavy thing and right when I felt that I started, my mind was not there to come up with why things won't work anymore. It was just possibility, right? So I just was like, well, what if I combine comedy and transformation? And my, and my mind a little bit was like, well, no one's ever done that. And my soul went, no one's ever done that. Mm. The reason you think you can't is the reason you have to. I'd love to, but I have a kid. That's the reason you have to. You have to show your kid they can do it too. I'd love to, but I don't make money. Yeah, because you're not doing the thing. Mm-hmm. I'd love to do that, but I don't have time. Get, I know, you're almost out of time. Go, mm-hmm. right? Like every reason you think you can't is the reason you have to. So I said, no one's ever done that. Like I have my own field, comedy and transformation, right? So I was like, what would happen if I combined that? So immediately I got excited and my, my friend came over and filmed me. I made 500 videos for different colleges that I had performed stand-up at. To I aimed it at the lecture circuit. Mm. And I said... My name's, I made 500 videos that week. My name's Kyle Cease. I'm, I'm, you know, this is for Diane Johnson at North Idaho no University. Way. My name's Kyle Cease. I'm wow. a comic that performed at your school. I'd love to do the lecture circuit. Now, that week. So you were doing the comedy circuit, and you said you'd like to do the speaking circuit. I want to do the speaking circuit, but I'll make it funny. That week, I could have been at a comedy club making three to five grand, right? sitting next to a Walmart all day waiting to go do <laughs> the show, the chuckle hut in Michigan, <laughs> not to knock it. That would, right, that right. so serves a purpose, but yeah, at yeah. this point it was not my highest excitement anymore. Yeah, and you've done it for a decade or something at this time. Right. Yeah. And who would I be if I'm ignoring that there's a higher excitement in here? Mm-hmm. I couldn't make a goal from this place at that point. I had to just listen. Right. But then the goal did show up where it was like, what would happen if I made 500 videos for the people that booked the colleges? Now that week, I didn't make any money because I wasn't doing a comedy club. And all my comedy friends gave me crap about it. They Mm -hmm. said, you know, you could be touring right now, but you're just making all these videos for free. And then right after that, a hundred of the video, a hundred of the colleges called me to do their school at like almost 10 grand a pop. Wow. So immediately like almost a million bucks comes in. Crazy. And it's, I'm, and I only fly out and do one night. I say exactly what I want to say Bounce. and I fly home. And they fly you business class and yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also <laughs> like just, yeah, but it's also we Like I had no idea that was on the other side of letting mm-hmm. go of this heavy thing. Mm-hmm. So now I'm getting booked all of a sudden everywhere. And a thing that you were really, really good at 
Right. This is the challenge. I, I find people the hardest challenge is when, man, I'm in a really, really, really good relationship. I've got a really, really, really good job. Like I'm making I'm unbelievable money and it's yeah. like a good work, but it's not exactly what they want. Right. And they so have they're this making, other thing that's like they're thinking about constantly. And they're making their circumstances more important than their soul. Mm-hmm. They're making their money bigger than their soul. And what you don't see is that when you make your soul first, you'll make way more money. And you don't care when you make it. By the way, you don't spend all the money on addictions because what you do is so fun that in a, you're living in the moment. And an addiction mm-hmm. gets you into the moment. But when you get you are the moment, an addiction is just a contraction. Right. So it just like I already am happy. So all your money suddenly doesn't go to that. You actually can recirculate it into your company. You can give it to charity. You feel so much more fulfilled as you circulate. I don't like to have a big bank account. I like to do this with it because I like to prove to myself I'm the apple tree, not the apple. Right. But it always pays for itself. You put out out in videos. This podcast came from something yeah, I paid for absolutely. sponsoring it. Right. So. Then I started doing all these colleges, combining comedy and transformation. I had a huge agency at the time that wasn't doing this stuff with me. In other words, I did the colleges and they just wanted 10% of it, but they weren't in alignment with the, they just... They were the comedy tour people or whatever, right? They were a huge, huge agency that were great for getting me in movies and different things. But not speaking in this type of thing. Well, and they did, they did, but as they just wanted me to do the comedy again, Right. And I felt this thing, but they still were taking 10% of everything. So when that, I would, I would on my own go get these gigs and then I'd see a $10,000 offer come in and I'd immediately picture, I have to give them a thousand. Now my mind started justifying why I was keeping them because it could go, well, they are the ones that get me out for movies. I believe if you have to justify why you're keeping something, you have to let go of it. Mm. Because the things in my life, like my fiance, I don't justify. You'll never hear me be like, Christy's awesome. I mean, she gets great medical. Like, I don't have a reason. (laughs) But if you say a reason why something's good, then it's not your highest alignment because you're ignoring your calling and your mind is trying to make sense of why you're keeping this thing. Oh, this job, this job sucks, but you know, it does give me good medical or I do have that promotion coming up. Your mind is talking. So you're ignoring your body. You're ignoring your heart. You're not feeling connected. And now you're going against the grain and now you're going to be in an addiction because you're Mm -hmm. not in your heart, Mm -hmm. right? So this agency, I started, should I let go of them? They're one of the biggest agencies. And my- Uh Probably probably starts with a C or a W. It's up, it's, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) One of those. Yeah. And my, my, um, all my comedian friends were like, you're crazy to let go of them. And I asked my grandma, who's a very spiritual meditative, she goes, leap. You're bigger than it. Go for it. Mm. So without even understanding why, they just felt out of alignment for me. I let go of this huge agency. And I called them and I said, I have to trust my calling that it's even bigger than my connection to you guys. Mm. And they thought it was crazy. They were like, no one drops us. Like we handle like Oprah, the Tom Hanks's of the world. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I know, but I just have to do it. So I let go of them. And when I let go of them, I felt a power mm. that was so huge where I was like, I'm not even needing to hold on to that. Wow. A week later, I'm offered to do a gig with Jim Carrey and Eckhart Tolle called Gate. And I'm told, wow. which was so magical because I'm told all the time, I'm what would happen if Jim Carrey and Eckhart Tolle had a baby. Oh my gosh. I, after letting go of that agency, felt so in alignment with myself that when I went into that audience and when I went on that stage, I didn't feel like I was less than or different than or not worthy to be there or so lucky. I felt like I was one of them. And I didn't know what I was going to say, but I go on stage and I say, 
I, out of nowhere, I see Jim and Eckhart and I go, this is so weird because I'm told all the time on what would happen if Jim Carrey and Eckhart Tolle had a baby. Wow. And I said, I don't know if you guys are thinking about together, that. And right. I said, I said, I know you're not thinking about that, Eckhart, because it's a thought and I know you don't have those. <laughs> and then I said, some of you guys might think that joke's offensive, but it's in the past. So Eckhart doesn't even know about it. And the crowd turned into the Apollo. I mean, oh it was like 2,000 people going nuts. And then check this out. Five people came up to me that were producers and offered oh me gosh. parts in their movies. Oh, my gosh. Now, the agency I had for three years, Never the reason I would keep them, they got me auditions, but I was so worried about losing them that mm. I blew every audition because I was trying to get it right for them and not bringing me into it. Yes. When I let go of them, movies came to me without mm. auditions. And whenever you want something, usually you think you need a thing on the way there that actually is often in the way of you getting it. Like, mm -hmm. I want to feel love, so I'm going to get a relationship. That's blocking you from the love that you actually are, right? I, I want to I wanna be an actor, so I'm going to go get an agent. Just start acting. Make your own YouTube crap. Mm -hmm. It'll go, if it's People from here, yeah, yeah. it'll go viral. It'll do your own thing. Now, every time I do an event, I'm in the audience, all the gigs I used to try to get, it's full of people that book me to come speak. Yeah. Combining comedy and transformation has created this niche where I get to speak to all these companies where they're getting a comedy show and they're shifting and their sales go up. Mm. So I get, we get all day offers, right? And I don't mean it egoically. I mean, right. magic shows up truly when you stop. If you're wanting to do something amazing, if I want to do something amazing outside of this room, but I'm holding on to this table, I can only do what I can see from the table in this room. I have to let go of it and trust that I'm safe and get in the alignment. And then I can go anywhere outside of this room into any. So if you're in a job you hate, you are stuck in the room with that job. If you're in the relationship you hate, you're stuck. You are not in alignment and you're declaring to yourself, I'm only doing this because I don't trust that I'm safe. And the life just goes, all right, you're not safe. I'm going to keep throwing crap at you because you're not listening and getting in alignment with me. And so we, that's why if you ever felt it's time for me to leave this relationship and you don't, the universe kicks your ass every time. You, you go, I knew I should have left earlier. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Crazy. I don't know if wow. I'm just nuts to you or you like No, it's, I love it, man. <laughs> what, how was uh, Eckhart's reaction? He was so awesome. Was he laughing during this part or was he kind of like, did he get that it moment or was, he was kind of frustrated like, oh. That was such a huge night because he was so oh wonderful. Gosh. And then I'm backstage with Jim Carrey. It's crazy. Jim's one of the guys I want to have on here. He's like, yeah, he's one of my top five. He's magic. And he was so wonderful. And I sat with him for a while. And then after the last act was on, I just remember being in the hallway and just being with Jim Carrey and Eckhart Tolle and Jim kind of holding my hand and being like, you know, good luck. Let's do this. And it was like wow. I was saying goodbye to my parents and going to college. It was just such a – and Imagine was playing on stage. Oh That's rippling. Gosh. Imagine by John no. Lennon is rippling through the hall while I'm You're just like, with oh. the two. I mean, how Heroes. specific is that those two are together? Crazy. Right? For me, that was like – I didn't know – like I oh felt like I was – crazy that you couldn't combine those two it'd be like an oprah and lebron james were there for me. right and like, they're like best friends and they create an event and they're like we just need an oprah-esque lebron james yes. speaker <laughs> exactly is there any author that combines yeah, yeah. these two things that are totally opposite things right right you know wow because they are they feel like opposites and people always yeah. go i can't imagine those two mm. how do you combine comedy and transformation which is why it's so cool mm. right so wow yeah. That's crazy. But I, mean, I, I guess that's the biggest thing that I could tell. Like, if you feel it's time to let go of something, remember, you're just scared 
of what you'll lose, let go of it, and you won't believe what happens when you prove to yourself that you're okay without that thing. And then weird ideas show up that are kind of, feels weird to say, but a higher frequency. They're better ideas. So, Man, this is crazy. You like that? that? Has anything happened with either of them since then? Uh, I mean, I think I spoke at another or? gate and... I mean, not, not not much. I know that someone said they bumped into Jim Carrey and he said he loved what I'm doing. Oh, which that's nice. I was just told. But I, I, what's really been cool about this is the revelation, and this is what I was going through that I told you about. I think the revelation that I don't need anything outside to do this. And I right. went through a stage recently where I think I've been really enjoying kind of secluding myself and connecting to that thing. And now, because I have that connection, I really can start bringing those things in. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm honored to be with you. Thanks. And, and I'm glad you're here. Yeah. And yeah. my friend Glenn Morshauer is an amazing speaker. And Michael Beckwith and James Mallon. And, yep. and all these people are dear friends of mine. And I'm just so, I, this sounds so corny, but I'm just so lucky and so thankful and so excited to show people that they all have it. You know, like it's, this isn't a magic thing that I have. It's available in every person. So when you come to our events, people shift right away because they start letting go of their old story or their belief about it and falling in love with their fears and, and playing more. And in that play, they come up with a faster, more effective idea that, that takes less effort, you know, cause they're connecting here and this thing can do more than here. Yeah. What do you think has been holding you back from the next level in your life? whatever that is for you. Well, this sounds really, this, this is weird, but I think one thing that actually helps me <laughs> is challenges. Um, every time I have a challenge, I learn something about myself and I expand to a level that's even bigger. Like if someone's talking crap about me, one thing that triggers me a lot is being accused of something that I didn't do. Mm. Like when people, when you do this, people say, you know, you you do this event and you charge money for it, so you must be you must be a Scientologist or right. you must be a scam artist. I almost feel like everything that's for sale that doesn't help you connect to you is much more of a scam. Mm. Like Pepsi helps you have addictions, rots your teeth, and then they put plastic in the ocean. Right. Why am I the problem? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like there's so many things that mm-hmm. condition you to not know that you're enough. How about right. everything on TV makes you feel like you're not enough? How about the fact that the news only shows us crap all day? I always think to myself, do you know how not scared of flying we would be if they showed us the 30,000 flights a day that made it? Right. Like with the, I think every time a plane lands, they should interrupt whatever crappy show you're watching and interview every person. How do you feel? Yeah. They feel like I had a great flight. Oh, I was passed out. It was great. Yeah. You'd be like, <laughs> I want to try flying. And they're like, yeah. coming up, a family that wasn't murdered. Even murderers would be like, well, if no one else is killing people, why would I? I should start some company and fix the economy. <laughs> right. <laughs> but they, they scare you all day and then they run Prozac commercials. Mm, it's crazy. How is that not a cult? You know, it's funny. Yeah, it's true. You right. Know, it's funny. My dad, um, growing up, my dad would never allow us to watch any commercials with medicine in the commercials. Right. Any type of like drug or smoking or drinking or anything, he would turn turn it off. Right. He didn't want us to be conditioned to watching. That's awesome. Thinking like it's okay. Yeah. So we would all, he would, it was kind of annoying. Like he always changed the channel, but it was like, it got me conditioned. Like I don't watch it now. I turn off whenever I see a commercial. I don't really watch TV. I watch yeah. more like Netflix, but um, you mean like the pills that list the side effects? It's in the so hilarious, man! And it's just—it's like every commercial feels like a new pill. 
that's like like now in this beautiful stylistic like yeah journey we're on like living this beautiful life of like they're showing these people rock climbing and sailboarding and you're and going like, man oh, I wish I had herpes you'll have gonorrhea and this and that yeah it's yeah. like and I'm just I just turn it off because I'm so conditioned to one the more we believe that like we need these things the more we're gonna have to have them right and there's just so many things like you said that we can let go of these thoughts these feelings these addictions. And free our mind and body of needing things like this. So totally. I mean, um, yeah, yeah. We are, <laughs> you know, that those commercials are hilarious, and then they actually show you in the commercial like that may cause death and anal bleeding, I and know, you're like, yeah, crazy. but my sinuses will be clear. So it's crazy. I'll trade in death and anal bleeding. It's, <laughs> it's a brand new day. Herpes. <laughs> I'm like, that's not a brand new day at all. It's every six months I heard because I have a friend that's not me. Right. You know. <laughs> If it's for herpes, they should use Usher's Let It Burn. Oh, my gosh. I'd understand it. (laughs) Yeah, but those commercials are crazy. And the news does it. Then at the end, they act like they were a friend the entire time. Oh, my gosh. Because they tell you the story of a cat that got stuck in a well. Oh, my gosh. Every news story ends with a cat that... I I think the news is putting cats in wells. (laughs) So they can scare you for 58 minutes and be like, talk about nine lives. That's one good thing. (laughs) (laughs) And then they go to the scene and there's some woman stroking a greasy cat. We thought he was a goner. (laughs) And it turns out he was. And then they come back and they're like, and the cat's name was Lucky. (laughs) Oh, my... (laughs) Sure was, Bill. And then they're stacking... (laughs) They're stacking papers. But they have a teleprompter, so they also like have a side job with Kinkos now at the end of the news. And I know that's that to me is that's the craziest funny. world. That literally at five or six o'clock, half of our country just hears all the things that are going wrong in a world where there's a lot of things going right, yeah. and then they get scared. They feel like crap. They think they're not enough. And then the only way to get you to sell, to get you to buy something that makes you think you're enough, is to make you believe first you're not enough. So if you're not enough. It just takes Budweiser, just a little, and bikini women will surround you in a bar. Just do that, and then bikini. You need that because you're not enough is the belief. Mm -hmm. And if you get that you're already love, that you can't get love from outside of you, the only thing someone outside you can do is trigger in you permission to give yourself the love that you want. That nothing outside of you, we are like breathing oxygen, thinking, how do I get that person's oxygen? Or how do I get the oxygen over at that new job? Versus getting that you're breathing and you have the oxygen Mm. or the love already and create from there. And holy crap, will every goal you've ever had come chase you? Mm. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate. Pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. Mm-hmm. everything so much bigger so true man there's so much you create magic when you come from that space and i feel like i feel similar to you where i feel very lucky and very blessed for all the opportunities that come my way but i also know that like i'm coming from a place of joy and yes. like smiling all day long and it's like when someone's smiling all day long and like giving big hugs and just like being a great listener and yeah. being curious and being interested in other people you're going to be interesting to those people 
when yeah. you're just like, I'm so interested in you. That person's going to leave 20 minutes later from the conversation. Like that was the most interesting human alive. Yeah. And I didn't have to say anything, but I just connected to their eyes and listened and smiled. And there's two types of people that do that. There's the real listeners like you. Yes. And then there's the people in the spiritual communities <laughs> that change their name to Rainbow Maka Sunshine and want to be the long starer. Oh my gosh. Do you know weird. The, yes. It's a little like, weird. No matter what you say, they act like they heard you and it was so profound, but you realize they aren't hearing me at all. They just want me to listening. see how good they are at hearing me. Yes. You'll be like, I have to go pee. And they're like, thank you. <laughs> that's like a jp sears uh, yeah. video right like, yeah no we we both had that in common so that we true. talked about that it's so true you don't yeah, know you've got to you, be genuine about it absolutely i mean well you're not we were talking jp came you're on like stage so at my connected last event. You're disconnected yeah right you're like right. so connected but you're, you're disconnected. we were talking about this people that are closed but appear open because there's a and i don't mean to be knocking it but there's almost a denial that doesn't even let you be with them where they really are there's, that's that spiritual bypass thing that is so important not to do. You have to be real with everything you feel. It's one thing to say you're infinite, and, you, and I believe that, but it's still so important to be with every feeling. It's going to pass, but you have to be with it until you grow enough to transcend it. But there's some people that they won't feel it, and they just, everything's fine, everything's fine, and they're not doing anything, and they say the universe will provide, but it's saying Take to provide, <laughs> do something, do Give this, value. feel yeah. this, deal with this trauma, whatever, yeah, allow, love true. yourself. You can't, yeah. I'm not giving you anything until mm. you actually access you. Mm. What did you learn from comedy that's allowed you to really break through people and, or be an interruption for people in a positive way? Because yeah. most, we were talking before, most of these kind of transformational work is very deep and dark and heavy and like... Yeah. serious and like yeah there's no space to be play and creative except for like small little moments when they're like okay now's the time to like access your inner child and like be playful comedy gets you into the moment which is great you're never laughing and thinking about your taxes next week you know when you when you see something funny you usually look at your friend and connect with them in the moment you're like <laughs> he said that and you're in this moment right now and it makes it very easy yeah. for transformational truth to be both heard and accessed in you because you're in such a good mood you're in a in a playful state and i I don't even realize I'm not here to be comedic or transformational. I'm here to say the truth. And sometimes it comes out one of those. Mm -hmm. It's funny how many people get obsessed with labels. Like people go, so what are you now? Right. Aren't you, I, you were a comic and now you're here. Like I can't manage and control you. <laughs> like I'm this moment I'm changed. And yeah. it, sometimes it comes through however it needs to, but mm -hmm. making it, and sometimes it just comes through cause it's actually funny. I don't even try to, I was going to say making it funny, but Life is funny. Life is hilarious. And when you talk from a real place, often when we go to the transformational side, we're in denial of what's funny. You know, you go there and everyone's like, everything's perfect, you know? And so it's a weird, it was a weird home for me for a while because in one stage I'm making fun of everything. And then you go to the world where everything's perfect. So you're in this weird place where you're like, don't you hate it when someone cuts you off? But they're supposed to because they did. And you have no, <laughs> no voice. So I started realizing our ego is hilarious. The things we do, like I had an old bit that works both in the comedy world uh -huh. and in the real, in, in the transformational world, the real world. It works everywhere. But it's, I talk about, have you ever had it when you're walking in one direction 
and you realize you're going the total wrong way, so you have to turn around. But you can't just turn around because you know other people are watching you. You have to do other stuff too. You have to be like, oh yeah, and then turn around. Because you look weird if you're just like, I screwed up, and then wrong way, and I love it. You have to like do a thing, and that's just funny no matter where you're looking. We do that because of ego caring what people think about us. Yeah. But um, I think that for me, uh, I noticed that my voice was necessary and needed at least to me, when I would go to some six-day awareness transformation event, and they'd be like, we're going to all feel good. I want to thank you all and bless you for being here. We're going to all be with ourselves. And then I would go, I'd, I'd do a joke, and everyone would laugh, and we'd all be in the moment, and the teacher would be like, please, we're trying to be happy. <laughs> Does everyone have their weird necklaces? <laughs> I think one thing that's so fascinating is how much we love to make everything outside of us bigger than ourselves. Mm -hmm. And even when we get into the spiritual side, they do it to other things that are more invisible things, but they're still victims to those things. Meaning like when you're unconscious, you're having a bad day because someone cut you off. Now it's mercury retrograde. Right. Right. Don't sign any documents right now. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I don't believe in that, so it doesn't affect me. I believe that we're the space that all of this crap is in. Mm-hmm. And we love to make things outside of us bigger than ourselves. Mm-hmm. I, you know, people love to make a problem bigger than themselves. And I still do it all the time, right? We make a problem bigger than ourselves. Fear, for instance. Fear is when you have a thought and then you freak out about the thought you created. That's like drawing a picture of a monster and putting it on the wall and then scaring yourself every night by your own drawing, right? Right. Or an idea, right? People people do it. The crystal, mm-hmm. it's an, I, I don't have my crystal. I'm nothing. Or, or the sign. People think everything's a sign, mm-hmm. right? I had a lady come up to me and go, I want to divorce my husband, but I'm looking for a sign. <laughs> so the fact you want to divorce him is the sign. Mm-hmm. Don't wait till you drive by Divorce Your Husband Avenue. Right, right. And even when you do, you won't make that the sign because we pick and choose our signs uh-huh. sometimes to justify why we aren't leaping. Mm-hmm. I called someone once and I said, hey, are you coming to my event? And she goes, well, my, I was going to, but my computer crashed and I can't tell if that's a sign I shouldn't. Oh and I gosh. said, why is me calling you not a sign you should? Right. You know, you're picking and chance. I said, do you want to go? And she said, yeah. And I said, that's your sign. What you want to do and what you feel is also a sign. Mm-hmm. An idea, we get excited about an idea, but remember the idea came from you. Get excited about you because you can print this crap all day. Mm. When people go, you guys, I'm going to do this and you get excited about this, that's like an apple tree going, look what I made and now it's not making more apples because it's flipping out about the one apple, but you're this, you're all of them. Sure. And we got to get excited about us because we're the space that all of this crap is coming from, the good and the bad. Yeah. And that's where when you start focusing on the you, you start not making things outside of you bigger than you. So you're not unworthy of having it or experiencing it. It comes right into your life. Mm. Right. So that's what I got to do. So, yeah. Amazing. I've, Amazing, dude. Um, few a few questions left for you. I don't want this to end. Man. I know. It's having good. fun. Maybe we'll keep it rolling. We'll see. Um, what's a question you wish more people would ask you that they don't ask? I wish when I work with clients or people, I think a question no one asks, it's not a question necessarily they ask for me, but a question I wish people would ask themselves. Most people ask, why do I always have this problem or how do I fix this? I can't believe no one says, how good can this get? 
Like, just not necessarily a question for me, but just like, why aren't we all going, how amazing could this get? Mm -hmm. How free could I be? How much creativity could I have? How much bliss and playfulness and effortlessness could I be in while simultaneously creating unbelievable things? No one asks that. They go, why do I always do this? Why do I always pick the wrong person? Because you asked that stupid question. Yeah. That question is totally going to give you more stupid, the, the wrong people. Mm-hmm. You're actually looking for why you have a problem. So to align with you, you only select people that have the same problem. You actually look, you are scared to death of someone who actually would love you because you don't love yourself at that level. Mm. I at one point did a hundred days of meditating. I actually sat up and for two hours a day sat and just listened to my chaotic thoughts. Wow. And people would say to me, I can't believe you have enough time to do that. And I would say, I can't believe you have enough time to not, because there'd be so many things I think I have to do that day. And then I would sit and I'd hear all these thoughts and realize I was going to do that to like people please or fix a problem that didn't actually exist. So when I'm done meditating, I go, I totally don't have to do that stuff. And then I only do what aligns with me and what I want to do. Amazing. Right. And so, um, I noticed that in loving myself on that level, I was able to receive amazing abundance and love Mm -hmm. on the same level. Because if you don't love yourself and someone actually comes and loves you, it will horrify you and you will sabotage it. Absolutely. I've been in a relationship like that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right? I mean, where I- Where you sabotaged it because they loved you so much? They sabotaged it. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Not that yeah. I was like, I love you and I can't live without you. Like right. weird, weirdness, like love. Right, yeah, not, like, I don't mean that. I gave the girl exactly that. what she was asking for. Yeah. She was like, I want, you know, this is what I want for our relationship. This is what I want to create. And I was like, I was a little scared, but I was like, you know what? Screw it. Let me like go all in and give it a shot. Right. See how it goes. And then I did that. And then right then she like freaked out and broke up with me. Right. And then she was like, I'm sorry. And then like got back together. It was like a roller coaster. Like, So you got to change your what you want to I'm willing to receive. Yeah. Because that abundance yeah. is coming at us all day. Exactly. If you think who you are is your past story, like you think who you are is someone who makes 30000 a year and someone offers you a million dollars, that's death to your old story. Mm-hmm. So you're going to sabotage it and go back to your limitation because you got all the love for staying 30000 This yeah. is why a lot of winners go broke. It's just instant money and the death to my entire old false identity, but I actually think I'm that. So I can't be broke with my friends and talk about being broke. I can't Mm -hmm. stay the way my parents told me life isn't that easy, you know? So immediately I'm going to sabotage it. So this is why if we think who we are is our past story, we're not available for really amazing things Mm -hmm. because it's horrifying. So how do we open ourselves up to create abundance, true abundance, and unbelievable magic in our lives? I'll show you a couple exercises I do. do um, one is for sure to love all the things that aren't working. So when people, mm-hmm. that we were saying, one is just like, go through it. I'm confused, and I love that. Confusion, by the way, means you're making room for new ideas, mm. right? If you're not confused, you're like that person that's trying to find the, the place, but you're not admitting you're lost. Mm-hmm. So you're in denial You know, you're just driving circles around the city and it takes finally you going, okay, I don't know, to ask someone. I think being lost is much more advanced than knowing how it's all going to go. So the second you go, I'm lost, you ask someone. You make space for new innovation, right? So one thing is to fall in love with every part of you. I don't believe we're here just to feel good. We're here to feel. Mm. We're here to feel fully. We're here to feel I'm scared and I love that. I'm confused and I love that. I'm lost and I love that. I don't know what I'm going to do and I love that. You notice right when you say that, you were judging that you don't know what to do. People always think, when I have clarity, I'll be free. And I'm like, no, when you're free, you'll have clarity. 
Mm. When you love yourself, you'll have tons of clarity. Yeah. When you connect to that, you'll you'll get guidance that'll give you step by step on what to do. Yeah. So that's one thing. And so here's, say the thing that you're frustrated with and then repeat, I love that afterwards. And I love that right. at the end. Yeah. And actually getting people go, what if, what if I don't love that? Love that you don't love that. There you go. <laughs> right? Love that it's not, that it's still there because you're trying to say it to get rid of it versus actually understanding that pain has been a pocket inside of you that right. could now be replaced with love. Mm-hmm. Because once it's loved, it will leave. So I, my girlfriend dumped me and I don't love it. But I love that. I love that I don't love it. And I love that I don't yeah. love it. Yeah, now yeah. it's kind of, do you feel how that becomes like a floating story mm-hmm. here versus this thing you're stuck in? Yeah. Everyone says, I hear people all the time say, I got to let go of that. Every time you say, I got to let go of that, you pick, well, you already picked it up. Yeah. If I said, I have to let go of that bottled water, now it's all we're thinking of. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But now I have to let go of this. They go, I got to let go of that old relationship. You just picked it up again. Yeah, let it go. Right? What's the story of the the two monks? Like in the, uh, oh, yeah, the yeah, grandma, yeah. like the woman who like asked one of the monks to like, what is it? How's it go? You know what I'm I talking can't about? Remember there's, it. there's I, like, there's like a woman in a car and it's like raining out or something and there's a puddle of water. Yes. And one of the monks, she's two monks walking the down monks the street over. and one of the monks like sees the woman struggling and like picks the, the lady up, puts her on her back and like wash her across this puddle and then drops yeah. her down. But then the lady was like arguing and frustrated and mad at the monk for something still. Right. So then the two monks go on like, uh, you know, they keep going and like an hour later they're walking and one of them, the other monk was like, I can't believe that woman was so rude to you. You were so nice to her. You carried her yeah. on your back. You took her across this thing. You got her to the other side and then she was still upset and mad at you. I can't right. believe it. And he goes, why are you still carrying her? I let her go an hour ago. Yeah. Right? That's amazing. I pretty much butchered that story, yeah. but you know, you get the idea. I, you know what? And by the way, on a side note, I love to, it's so funny when you actually end up butchering those old <laughs> things because like there's a famous story that I try to tell and I forget it, how it goes every time. I'll try to do it now. Sure. There's a, so there is a guy, I think he's a farmer or a carpenter or something. <laughs> And he has a son, and everyone goes, oh, your farm is so lucky because you had a son. And he goes, maybe. And then the son grows up and gets in, in a car accident. And they go, oh, this farm's, this farm's unlucky because you, your son got in a, car, in a car accident. And he goes, maybe. And then he goes to the hospital. And he meets this woman that's the nurse and she's hot to him mm. and they start doing it and they have a baby. Yeah. And everyone goes, oh, this farm's lucky. And the accident was lucky because the, they have a baby and these, the farmer's like, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then he and the woman and the baby are walking out of the hospital. <laughs> they were in there the whole time <laughs> and they were walking out of the hospital and the guy fell down a pit and while he's on the way down, they, Say the farmer, like, oh, this guy, it's not lucky. This farm's not lucky because the guy fell in the the pit. But he lands in the bottom of the pit on a a billion, a a couple billion dollars (laughs) is down there. And they go, oh, my God, this farm Mm. is so lucky because it got him to get in the accident and Mm. and fall in love. And but we thought the pit was a problem, but then he. Made the money. Then he just was bleeding. Or, yeah, he landed on the... Bleeding on the money. So he gets out of the pit with his new billions of dollars that he kept, didn't claim it. Yeah. And he's walking with the woman. 
and then he falls down. Uh-huh. And they said, oh, it's bad luck again. But he hit his head on the rock and solid gold blood. <laughs> Comes just out seeping. amazing seeping blood that he didn't know he had in him. He had uh-huh. not gotten cut until that minute. He didn't know it was full, like rumpled stiltskin gold. Sure. And they said, oh, it's it's a good luck. Mm-hmm. So the guy gets home and farts. <laughs> and they go, it's bad luck. They're really involved with his life. <laughs> And then, but he uh-huh. farts more money. I don't, wow. I don't remember the ending, yeah. but they said, so it's, it's good. It's good. He did, who knew that he would fart all that money. And it's Eckhart totally told it to me. It's something wow. like that. Wow. Yeah. I don't remember. It is. I might be off on a couple of sure, details, sure. but the point is don't make a meaning on something because right. you don't know the whole story. Wow. There you go. Cause you never know if you get in a car accident, if eventually you're going to fart silver. That's true. Remember the song from preschool? When you were a kid, they'd teach go? you, if you get in a car accident, don't worry, you might fart silver. Oh, yes. You remember the- Yes, I do remember that one. Is a song they used to sing uh-huh. after finger pain. <laughs> it's so true, though. I mean, that's a great story. Thanks for sharing. Thank you. It's, a I tr- remember it's, true, it, it's based on a true word story. Word by word, I remember exactly that way it was told to me before. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. But I mean, there's so many things in my life where I can relate to that story where- I thought it was like a bad moment, but actually like getting injured playing football, yeah. professional football was my dream. Right. And I broke my wrist and I have like a big scar here. And, and what you know, came out? Just standard blood? Silver. Yeah. Oh, you said standard. Yeah. Silver. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was a whole. <laughs> no, but I mean, right. uh, you know. And so it was you a relate darkness. to the meaning part. I relate the, to the meaning. Not the, not story, the bleeding yes. gold I stuff. I didn't fart gold nuggets now. That's so cool, yeah, though. Yeah, it would be you cool. Didn't. I mean, that's that proves we're all unique. It would have been cool. You're not like that guy. I'm like a unicorn, right? Yeah. He farts like rainbows. I get that a lot. Yeah. People come up to me every day and go, Lewis is like a unicorn. Right. And I said for years, who's Lewis? Mm-hmm. I said, who is to save time? And they said, you'll understand in three years. So there I'm getting it now. There you go. Exactly. That's so cool they said that. <laughs> um. No, but the meaning, though, you know, there's darkness. There can be darkness, but uh, if we leave that meaning on that without seeing what's available on the other side, yes. you know, for me, 10 years later, like, I would have never known that I would have this life right? and be doing the work that I'm doing and connecting with the people and having these other opportunities outside of this other dream that I had of playing football, but getting injured and, and being unlucky that I broke my wrist or whatever really created something magical yeah. in its place. So, And we're so lucky for that. So I lucky. mean, that helps me to get this out and yeah. and do what I do and feel supported mm-hmm. and it helps millions mm-hmm. of people. I mean, that's really amazing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Truly, I'm thankful for you, man. I appreciate that, it. That you chose that. Because everything is not, I mean, you are proof and I'm trying to embody the proof, hopefully, that it's not your circumstance, it's what you do with it. And the best question that I'd said at the beginning was Michael Beckwith's question. What's trying to emerge out of you that you've never been before? What are you trying to become? And and that injury was creating a situation where you were trying to emerge into a place that was trying to emerge out of that, that you would be doing this and on Ellen and helping people and millions of books and New York Times bestseller. And, you know, that was trying to emerge. Yeah. Right. But in the moment, you're under such an illusion. Oh, I'm broke. So most people say, why me? The next one is, how can I? The third one is, what's trying to emerge? Mm. Right? What am, I, what am I supposed to be or learn or do that I've never been? What am I? Oh, I'm supposed to learn patience. I'm supposed to learn compassion. I'm supposed to learn 
creativity. I'm supposed to learn letting go, you know? Yeah. All those lessons came out of Milo, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Man, this is good stuff. I'm liking this a lot. It's fun, brother. I really hope people appreciate this and are, are finding a lot of value to this. And if you guys, I would love for you guys to share this out right now. If you haven't shared this, just click on the podcast app and click on share for social media because I think this will resonate with a lot of people. Here's a question for you. How many people are on the planet right now? I think it's 7.3, 7.4. Really? Billion, not just right. 7 and point three people. One yeah, point, like a half a baby person. or something. Yeah, yeah. got it. Is um, a half a baby point three? I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> That's what, yeah, uh, Einstein a said A three-foot tall person? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, three, yeah, okay. Yeah, something like that. Because because everyone's nine feet. Exactly. Right. Yeah. See, you and I go to these Tony <laughs> seminars and we think that's I'm, normal height. I'm thinking of the aliens on the other planet right, that yeah. we're supposed to be. So it's, yeah, it's 7.3 billion. Right. Okay, 7.3 yeah, billion. because there's six here and I saw some outside. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's there's more some, than... Yeah, yeah. So I want you to imagine right now, this is actually serious. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we're, we're trying to be happy here. Right. Sorry. Sorry, we were in a good mood. Don't get, I, yes. I, I want us to get to a good mood, not just be happy. <laughs> So I want you to imagine that actually 7.3 billion people have headphones on and they're directly connected to this microphone that you have. And you have about six. Were you wanting eyes closed, imagine? No, no. Okay. Yeah. Visualize. Because the whole time I'm like, am I just being a jerk because I'm not closing my eyes? No, no, no. Yeah, okay. But imagine we're connected right now to 7.3 billion people and they're to your mic. Right. And they have their own headphones on and they can understand English. Right. Or translate it somehow. And you get to share a message with people. Yeah. And this would be the only message you get to share with them. And you wouldn't be able to put out any other content or and do any other workshops or books or anything. But there'd be one message mm. you'd share. And everyone just put on their headphones and said, Kyle's got a message for us. What would you say? And right now they're all listening. I would actually say accept what is completely and then watch how much something beyond the story of you is ready to take care of you and change all of it. I would have said it cooler. And this is all still part of the message. Yes. I want them to know also. I would, and me even saying this is part of the message is part of the message. It's a long quote. It's yes. In my, it's page 47 in my book. <laughs> what if you, wouldn't you flip if you opened the book and it was. That'd be pretty cool. It's just this whole thing. Even wouldn't you flip if you opened the book is in the book. <laughs> Um, I think another one even better, just because it has a nice ring to it, mm-hmm. is the biggest illusion of your life is when something happens, I'll be happy. And it's really when I'm happy, fully connected to myself, okay with all of my emotions. When I'm happy, things will happen. Yeah, that's powerful. We're so infinite and we're so addicted to our old story. I just keep throwing quotes. You can't <laughs> hold two babies without a third one. A penny saved equals one cent, and then with inflation, it goes down a little, actually. And if you're in Canada, it's 1.2 cents. There you go. So everyone... Save a penny. Use it equals pennies, or equals one cent. Love it. Um, I want to make sure every, everyone gets this book. It's Cal Cease's new book. I hope they screw this up. How Falling in Love with Your Fears Can Change the World. I highly recommend this, guys. Go make sure to pick it up. Support our man, Kyle. And um, go to your event. Go to kylecease.com. Is that 
where you're KyleCease.com. We do these huge events. We go on tour. It's called Evolving Out Loud. Powerful. And yep. we are in... Not quiet. Not in... Not with... Not, no. Because, not inner conversation. And I'll tell you why it's called inwardly. that. Because have you ever given someone advice and then you learn from the advice you gave? Absolutely. Sometimes you'll give people advice they're not even asking you. The greatest way you learn is by teaching, right? Yeah. But you, they aren't even asking. That you'll be, they'll be like, I have a stomach ache. And you go, I think you should break up with her. Right. And they're like, I'm single. And you realize this is for me. Uh-huh. So if you've given someone <laughs> advice and then you it's learned true. from the advice, doesn't that mean there's two of you? Mm. So evolving out loud is me actually saying the most authentic thing to myself that I need to hear through the audience. And the byproduct is the audience shifts so fast and goes out of their old limitation story that they're addicted to and into their heart. And in your heart, that's a real thing. Your heart wants to give to the entire world. And, and our events are just playfulness. And the 20 years of comedy is totally in there. Mm-hmm. And it's comedy meets transformation. We just did it on Broadway. We, you Amazing. know, we, and we're on tour. We have Milwaukee, Austin, Seattle, I think is almost sold out. But the more theater, like 1,800 seats. Wow. It's huge. It's really getting big. And it's fun and it's not dogmatic. I'm not looking for followers. I'm looking for co-leaders to change the planet with by changing ourselves first. I get so excited about what people have. And I'm so excited to be doing this alongside you because Mm. I believe that as people step into their heart, eventually people will learn that the heart and the connection to the heart is a higher asset you have more than control of other people or bank loads of money. And when we connect to that, the people that are hurting other people or hoarding or controlling will stop. They are just under the illusion that's the highest form of happiness there is. And when we start stepping into our butterflyness and listening to our calling, letting go of the heavy things, we will make it a normal thing to access this versus just making the highest form of happiness be a bunch of money. The byproduct will be a bunch of money, but you don't care because your happiness is here. So you can start circulating it. So Evolving Out Loud is an amazing, some of them are a few hours and some of them are two days. You can see the whole thing on kylecease.com, but you will leave the event totally shifted in a place of new possibility and create something that really puts you in your body and changes amazing, a lot man. of things. I'm excited. There's one in LA. I'm going to try to check out. If I'm yes, in town. you are invited. I'll be there in fact, I'll, I'm in town for I'd, sure. we'd love to throw you on stage for a second. If yeah, you want, and Christine will be in the front row gushing the whole time. We would like, be transform me. Be I'd excited. Be, <laughs> she'll be the butterfly. Transform me. She's so wide open too. Right? Like oh, I walked the through the door and she was just love. And yeah, she is. If anyone, anyone that listens to this all the way, that means there's something in them. I think that we're, there's different stages like caterpillars in the cocoon. Mm-hmm. There's people that hear this and this is a threat to their old story. So they go, that's crazy. And they leave and that's fine. But I think that we need to make a place where the butterflies of the world fly because the world is catering to caterpillars right mm. now. There's caterpillar TV, caterpillar food, caterpillar dialogue. But we're butterflies and butterflies feel a calling. And the big mistake butterflies make is they check in with caterpillars before they do it. Don't ask a caterpillar. Ask your body. And watch what happens when you hear it. That's powerful. Uh, make sure you guys get the book. Kyle, I want to acknowledge you before I ask the final question for listening to your body and to following your heart and overcoming the fear of actually doing something that is more your calling. You know, it sounds like comedy was a great thing for you as itself. But yeah. It was really holding you back from allowing growth in so many more people. Yeah. You know, maybe you created some relief and fun and transformation in your own way with that, but it sounds like what you're stepping into now, your true calling is making a transformation in the world 
and really allowing your unique gifts to come out, which no one else has been able to do with transformation and comedy. So I want to acknowledge you for taking that step, for listening and trusting yourself and moving forward, letting go of the baggage or the agencies or whoever was telling you not to and trusting because most people don't follow that voice inside of them to do this. So Thank you. Yeah, man. I'm well, super excited. I feel excited. the same with you. I mean, I we both it. had that, right? Yeah. We had that one mainstream, huge mm-hmm. life dream goal. Yeah. Did it mm-hmm. and then combined it with growth and transformation. That's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I hope we do a lot more stuff together, man. I really like uh, all that you're working on and uh, I'm glad we got connected. My final question for you is what's your definition of greatness? Everything. Everything. It sounds weird, but Everything. If you can just think everything is perfect, then you embody greatness in yourself. So everything's perfect. Mm. The story of what's going on, the thing you think you're worried about, the thing I think I'm worried about, everything, it's perfect. So if I think one thing's great, then another thing's not. If a sunny day is great, then a rainy day is not, Mm. right? So if I just love what is and be with even the pain, the nerves, the fears, perfect so everything is greatness mm. Kelsey's, thanks so much man. thank you man Appreciate it, brother. it's such an honor to be with you it's great there you have it guys i hope you enjoy this one with kyle make sure to check out his book he is blowing up right now so many people are getting this book again i hope i screw this up how falling in love with your fears can change the world go check it out and tag me on instagram stories when you're listening to this and let me know what you think at lewis house over there on Twitter and Facebook as well. I love you guys, and I'm so excited about what's to come. We've got so many incredible topics, guests, individuals who are sharing with you how they overcome all their adversities to achieve great things in the world, and we are just getting started, guys. We are at 35 million downloads, and I'm super, super pumped. Thank you for all the dedicated listeners out there who've been with me since either day one or maybe this is your first day. Either way, thank you so much for being a part of this movement of greatness. We've got some inspiring things happening the rest of this year. The Summit of Greatness is close to being sold out. We've only got a couple hundred tickets left. Make sure to go to summitofgreatness.com. Get your ticket, guys. It's going to be a game changer weekend. Make sure to go there right now, summitofgreatness.com. I love you guys very much, and you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu accreditation. Here you are, BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, I mean, just look at the little guy. 
water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. 